for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Co-founder of the British Nursing Alliance, Kate Shimarani, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good morning, campers. Can you believe it? It's the 26th of November already, and it's pretty cold in the UK. Actually, they've said it's going to snow in the south, and it never snows in the south. When it snows in the south, everything shuts down because they just can't handle it. Well, I am Kate Shamarani, natural nurse in a toxic world, and you're listening to me, and this is Medical Crimes in Tyrannical Times. You can email me at Kate Shamarani, no, Kate Shamarani at tntradio.live, Kate Shamarani, tntradio.live at tntradio.live. I never remember that. I don't know why. It's probably my mental health because that's what we're talking about today. What if I told you that medicine is all a lie and the same old gangsters? It's all a lie. And they're trying to just sell us all these toxic, poisonous pharmaceutical drugs when really everything we need to stay healthy was already here before we were. Well, mental illness it doesn't exist. It's not one of those things where where it used to, you just go and lie on the couch and talk to your psychiatrist and he takes a few notes and then gives you a pill. That That's really what they do. It's actually poor brain health. So when I first trained as a nurse in 1984, I know it's hard to believe when you look at me now because I'm so fabulous. Um, when I trained as a nurse, my psychiatric part of my training and my geriatrics, such a terrible word for care of the elderly, was in this big old, old hospital in the middle of nowhere in Galoch. It was absolutely freezing in the winter there. That I remember once we had like 10 foot snowdrifts. And there were all these patients in there that had been in there from when they were teenagers, some of them. They were in these, this big institution because they maybe had learning disabilities or they'd had a baby out of wedlock. They'd had a teenage pregnancy. And in those days, so this is in my lifetime, they were given a drug called Legactyl. And they would all walk a certain way with their arms just down by their sides. Uh, they had like an all over body tan from the Legactyl. And also their, their tongues would be out. They were very much controlled with drugs because the whole straitjacket era had gone out of the window when these drugs came in. And we got sent to observe patients having ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, where they literally pass an electric current through their heads and they go into a seizure. It's horrific. They would wet themselves. This is in my lifetime. It's quite horrific. Well, what was even more horrific and scary was when I heard that that hospital had just closed and those people had been let out into the community. And some of those patients, I couldn't believe it that they were just put into the community. When they'd been in these institutions, most of their lives, they would be in their 50s, 60s, and they'd been in there from teenagers. Well, we saw long ago Freud and also Cyril Burt, who was telling us that mental illness was genetic. He did all the, the tests on twins. He was actually eugenicist. There's a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if Freud and Burt were both Freemasons as well, I'm sure. Oh, did I really say Freemasons? Oh, naughty old me. Anyway, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, what's very interesting, and this is all linked, so just stay with me because you know I like to knit a sweater for you. Precocious puberty. We're seeing a huge increase in precocious puberty. That's girls 
you know, heading into puberty, six years old, seven years old, eight, nine years old, and it would be typically over 16. And then they would go into menopause by the time they're 40, a lot of Asian cultures. But when you bring those people here to live in the UK, they start their menarche earlier and they menopause later. Well, the same thing that's causing that is causing insomnia, it's causing depression, it's causing anxiety, and it's all these blue lights sitting at your laptop. I see people giving their babies an iPhone to keep them quiet and an iPad. And also, let's talk about obesity as well. The fatter you get, the smaller your brain gets. And I've said before, that should frighten the, frighten the donut right out of your hand and the fat off your backside. What's really interesting is over the a 12-month period, particularly in the last three years, we've seen a 12% increase in the prescription of antidepressants for children. Children, a 12% increase and a 32% increase in antidepressants for adults. Why? I mean, I, I hear people saying, oh, I've gone to my doctor, I'm a bit depressed, you know, I've split up with my boyfriend. Uh, these are These are normal life things. Trust me, girl, you know, girls, if you split up with them, it's because there's something better coming. Start blowing out the trumpets. But they go to the doctor and the GPs are prescribing them antidepressants, just prescribing them. Now, we're not telling anyone, just to say here a disclaimer, don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with um, psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. And where I live, uh, they have like a forest rescue team and they were out doing an exercise one day and they told me that they've seen an increase in suicides, young people in particular, on the forest. We also know there's a massive increase in dementia and Alzheimer's. So more and more people are getting diagnosed with it. And they know this, they're gearing up, they've got lots of drugs ready. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all, they just let it on the market all the time, sugar, 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 sugar. And and then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if, I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food, there's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them. Don't get all excited. But I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines really what your brain's going to be like. And your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Uh, and that's before you get into how you can damage your head. But look, I am going to, I like to bring the experts on actually. And I know a very, very good psychiatrist who is sort of on, on the same brain length of me, brain wavelength as me, because he knows all about the impact that what you eat, where you live, when you sleep, your Wi-Fi, what you do for your hobbies. Do you go boxing? Uh, do you play football and head the ball a lot? All of these things. Do you ever do you ever read anything? So I'm going to bring on Dr. Ali Ajaz, who is a psychiatrist. Dr. Ajaz, welcome to the Kate Shamarani Show on TNT Radio Live. 
people. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a great honor to get you on. You've been um, also a bit of a truth warrior for the last few years as well. You've been very much on camp. We're not taking any of your poison. So it's really good to talk to you. Um, Dr. Jazz, people are getting more brain sick, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, it's becoming an increasing problem. And it's a it's a trend that's been not just over the last few years, but over over the decades, people seem to be struggling more and more with their brains. And it kind of translates into what we can maybe describe as mental illness or mental health problems. It's kind of a very general term these days that may include people who are sick, but people who are struggling also. But we're seeing people are increasingly struggling with their mental health, their brain health, and their lives as a result. And it's just all going in the wrong way. Well, it makes a lot of money. Psychiatric drugs is a huge, huge cash cow for pharmaceutical companies. I did actually smile to myself when I found out they're now prescribing ecotherapy. Let me translate that for you, listening to me while you're buttering your toast or whatever you're doing, peeling the spuds for Sunday dinner if you're in the UK. Ecotherapy, that's going outside and connecting with nature, the very thing that we should be doing. But of course, everybody's sat inside um, on their laptops, scrolling on their phones, watching Netflix, watching Sky. Actually, I don't have a telly. That one you can see in the background just for playing um, my educational DVDs that I've got. But I keep telling, actually, TV license bloke that. And now they're threatening to send somebody around because I don't have a TV license because I don't watch the telly. But let's go through these things that that could be could be leading to the lie that is mental health it's very stigmatized mental health very very stigmatized and once it's in your notes it's in your notes and it can affect you know when when you have children your your decisions that you make though those those in authority might not like your decisions and might discriminate against you and your unborn child and what's going to happen next so i don't i don't believe this about mental illness and it's genetic it's not we're doing it to our brains i don't know why people think that everything that we do every day is not going to have an impact on our brain and, and I, I always like to get vagina and erection in in every show uh always because i'm known for it because i'm sitting on my bio biological vagina today you know me being one of two genders only um but the fact that if you've got problems with your heart your vascular your vascular system you can guarantee that you're going to have a high incidence there of strokes in your brain, but you're also going to have erectile dysfunction because guess what? The blood vessels don't go, now. no, I'm not going to affect the brain. I'm only going to affect your penis. They affect when, when your blood vessels become brittle, it's your entire body. So it's what's making them brittle. So shall we go through, Dr. Jazz, uh, some of the things that could affect our brain health? So should we talk about blood flow? Blood flow. Oh, I can't hear you. You've oh. muted. Yeah, there we sorry. Go. You're back. Yeah, thank you. Uh, of course, and just before I start, I'm I'm in an office where there's a faulty fire alarm announce system. So they're doing a test, but it's in a loop. So I may have to mute if it comes on because I'm sure your listeners... Don't worry, I can talk for Britain. <laughs> okay. Uh, so if I go silent, you know why that, why that is. Um, yeah, so... You're absolutely right, Kate. I think the, the problem with, with with mental health these days is that 
you know, it's not it's not a genetic thing. It's not something that just gets passed on. I, I, there are genetic susceptibilities, but you get that at pretty much every single illness, and it becomes not really that relevant. Um, what's more relevant is how people live their lives, and people in a shared family share the environment, share experiences, share all the things that shape an individual's brain uh, and their health moving forward. And that's that's something that really gets they, they uh, eat the same foods. They're eating the same garbage. They are. Yes. You know, I, I see them. I see them all heading through the drive through to McDonald's with their children to the slaughter to have some of that yoga mat and Lord knows what else they put in there. So, so when we talk about blood flow through the brain, which, yes, you'd be surprised, folks, you've got, I mean, what is it? By the time you're 60, they say that you've lost 60% of your brain cells. But we've got trillions and trillions of brain cells. And what is it? 10,000 connections as well. It is quite a phenomenal piece of equipment, our brains, which I find it fascinating that you just go to the doctor and you tell him you're feeling sad and they'll give you a pill. He has go and take this. It's highly addictive. It's got a black box warning on it. And is it true that the more you're more likely to commit suicide once you're on these drugs? Yes. I'm wow. I think the fire alarm's gone off, but I think you all heard Dr. Ajaz say, yes, the likelihood of you committing suicide increases when you're put on these drugs. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? And the doctor, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I know a patient who was diagnosed with uh, a disorder, bipolar her entire life. I'm not saying that she should have done it this way, but she just stopped taking her medication and she was okay. You, sh you should wean off it with the help of your psychiatrist. But she was then sent for an assessment to see a, a top psychiatrist. And there was nothing wrong with her. And she'd been taking a drug for 30 years. Dr. Jazz, you're back from outer yeah. space. Do continue. So, so yeah, with the, with the black blocks warning, it's called a black warning now. Uh, it's, it's the most serious warning you can get short of banning a drug which is the most serious thing. And, and for some reason, we seem to accept that it's okay for studies to show that adolescent and children, and you started the show off with this, who are prescribed antidepressants are much more likely to feel suicidal on these medications. Uh, instead of doing something, doing the right thing, we just put this label on the box. Uh, and there is a lot of controversy around the, uh, the research around antidepressants and actually how useful they are. Uh, and you know that's a whole a whole new kind of minefield around publication bias around placebo effect, um, and there's lots of lots of work. Uh, uh, Professor Irving Kirsch is is published extensively around that, um, around just the idea of belief of uh, taking something that you're told by someone in authority that's going to help you with your problems. Uh, it's a really powerful. That, that's a really powerful drug. It's a really powerful effect. It just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well. So, so basically, you've just heard it there. There's a black box warning on a drug. The most dangerous makes more likely to make you feel suicidal. They're prescribing these for children, particularly children in care. That's before we even get on to Ritalin. And this is what they're doing when oh, it's just it's criminal. But anyway, we're going to go to a break on that. 
And we'll be back in two seconds with a word from our sponsors. Don't go away. TNT Radio's Rick Munn. I'm looking also at South Africa in terms of uh, ESCOM, which is a company that we have talked about a lot here. That's the South African electricity provider. ESCOM has posted a massive 24 billion rand loss for 2022-2023 financial year, exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding, which is basically blackouts, for want of a better expression, mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity. That's both within the company, I would say, and outside of the company. The group presented its first full-year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday. It said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration of performance, including a steep decline in energy availability of 56%, down from 62%. So half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all, and most places are undergoing what's called called uh, load shedding, which means for up to 10 hours per day, you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in South Africa. Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. 
So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat, people will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm Kate Shomorani, and I can be emailed Medical Crimes in Tyrannical Times, Kate Shomorani at tntradio.live. We're talking about your brain today and the, the mental health that they tell you that you suffer from, which is just, it's just a, a term that they throw around like confetti at a country fair. And the fact that the drugs they give you have got a black box warning on it, which is horrific because it, these drugs increase the risk of suicide and they're giving them to children. Uh, just to let you know, there was uh, something signed off in the UK. So they're going to be increasing um, all of our EMF that we, we get hit with 10 watts, 24 hours a day. They can put antennas on the side of your house, on the lampposts. So we're going to be bathed more in this and it affects the brain. The fact that they give babies so many vaccines, and one of them that they give, I think it's virtually the day it's born, vitamin K shot into the heel. It's full of aluminium, and it's got polysorbitate, which opens the blood-brain barrier, a huge amount of aluminium. And what aluminium does is it's cumulative in the brain. It causes inflammation, and it also drops all of your phyto cells, your macrophages, lymphocytes, leukocytes. They are literally poisoning you from the cradle to the grave. You are the cash cow. But we're going to look at all of the things now that really do cause mental health. And it's not what you believe. It's really not what you believe. And all these old images, like one flow of the cuckoo's nest, when they started to bring in hybridized wheat, the Industrial Revolution, all of these things, you started to see an increase in a decline in good mental health. The way that we live now, now there's so many things that you can have that are going to affect your brain. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Merritt about some autopsies she'd seen from uh, patients with Parkinson's and the brains were full of parasites. Also talking about... The fact that, you know, all of these infections that you get, chronic infections, like herpes simplex, that cold sore that you get up your nose or on your lip, that inflammation goes right up to the brain. And it's that constant inflammation. They're seeing dementia rising with patients that get herpes. And just to let you know, don't forget, they've put shingles in the COVID shots. And now lots of people are getting shingles. All of these things, that is an inflammation in your, your neurological system, as is transverse myelitis. So you've got infections, you've got virus, what they call viruses, you've got parasites. If you've not done a parasite cleanse, you've got heavy metals, your hormones, if your hormones are dropping blood flow, which we're going to be talking about. Are you, are you actually exercising? And remember when 
they shut all the gyms for the regular Joes during the, the lockup, the unlawful lockup. I'm not even going to call it lockdown. It's a prison term. But they did keep the gyms open for the police. Isn't that nice of them? They needed to work out and keep their muscles big so they could batter all of us at the rallies. But one of the things that exercise does is it drives tryptophan, which is the precursor to serotonin, one of your feel-good hormones. Well, guess what else does that? Insulin. So we're seeing all that they're calling it diabetes three. That's what they're calling dementia when it's actually it's high insulin levels. And why are you getting high insulin levels? All the crud that you're you're putting in your mouths, these processed carbohydrates. But let's let's go through these with Dr. Jazz, because you know what? He's an expert. So Dr. Jazz, straight in. How are we going to increase blood flow to the brain? So you, you mentioned exercise and that's really a great way of of uh, pumping blood throughout the body i think it's really important when it comes to your brain health that you're able to um uh you know sleep well eat well move well all these things help with uh, blood flow and why is blood flow impo important blood flow is important because it drives uh, the nutrients into the cells of your brain and the rest of your body and if you're if the cells of your brain don't get the ingredients to work well they're not going to work well. So they're going to start dysfunctioning. And then once the cells of the tissues of the certain areas in the brain stop doing what they're supposed to be doing, the way that we've been designed, then what happens? Then we may start getting what we what we call these terms as uh, symptoms of mental illness, maybe someone feeling down or someone feeling anxious. And it has a knock-on effect on not only how the cells work, but all the chemicals and how the harmony within the brain. It's a very finely tuned exceptional exceptional we just really don't understand how exceptional the brain is uh, and when you start not feeding it properly then it starts to malfunction and so blood flow is important is so important because it gets it's the way that the the brain gets the food and the nutrients that it needs to work well um, and so we're really looking at basic fundamentals of living well and uh, the problem with modern medicine is that it gives all that just some lip service uh, most psychiatrists will give a drug and say, well, yeah, it's all also good to um, uh, eat well and sleep well and exercise and off you go. And it's just lip service. It's actually I've seen the some other of these psychiatrists as well. They're fat. You're not fat. But I've seen a lot of these doctors. They're also fat, which is I keep saying it's like going to the dentist of black teeth. It's not happening. So when you talk about. Yeah, you know, eat well, sleep well, it's we're talking about getting oxygen to the brain as well, aren't we? Oxygen, which is. You, you know, you, you've got to you've got to breathe properly. You've got to breathe properly for a start. And when you're fat, you're not breathing. You know about the snoring. Yeah, snoring. Yeah. You're not going to get oxygen to your brain if you're snoring because you're lying on your back because you've got a massive fat gut. Um, I'm just putting that in because that doesn't yeah, matter. No, for, sure. for sure. And the, yeah. the oxygen is part of the energy production of a cell. And the nutrients also play a vital role in that. And that goes back down to fundamentals around what do we eat and when do we eat it and the impact that that has on our bodies. And more and more people are eating processed, convenient foods. The art of cooking and understanding how ingredients go together is, is pretty much lost. And we, food and eating is something we do on the way to something else. And it's, it's a mindset. And it's something that is really tragic because food is the key to health. And the, the, the Greeks knew about this. Hippocrates knew about this. They wrote about it. And we just kind of lost it over the over the over the hundreds of years because 
we can we've got things like technology or microscopes and we think we know more because we can look deeper but we're actually looking at the wrong thing and we're looking at things in far too granular detail uh, and we don't understand the bigger picture and i think that's a summary of, of modern psychiatry is that we think we can reduce things it's a scientific reductionism but we can reduce things down to a pathway so you're depressed because you have less serotonin well that's not being proved in fact there was a, 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 a meta-analysis last year and it wasn't the first one uh, that showed that actually people with depression either have low serotonin high serotonin average levels you know, it doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up to what. So they give told. a drug. They give a drug which literally opens the gates in your brain, so you get flooded with it, flooded with the serotonin. And the problem is, we work very delicately. Our endocrine system is a, it's a negative feedback mechanism, right? When something is low, our brain says we need more of that, and it sends out a signal to our parathyroid, our thyroid, to release more of it. This very, very delicate balance of, of hormones. So when we talk about, when we talk about food, that's why I find it outrageous that medical schools, I'm going to insult all the doctors now, obviously not you. If you come and tell me that you're a doctor, I'm going to say to you, no one cares. That's the point I'm at because they don't do. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I really do know my onions. Literally, I'll be growing them this summer. Um, I think it's spring, actually. Uh, but look, they do not do very much training. I think it's half a day, if that, on nutrition. And the nurses definitely don't know anything about nutrition if their backsides heading off to the canteen or anything to go by or their TikTok videos. Uh, enormous nurses. And they've got a problem in, in nursing with obesity. Shocking. So they don't know anything about nutrition. So how can they possibly tell us to go and eat right when they don't know themselves. Yeah, I, I graduated in 2005 and there was certainly no nutrition in, in my medical curriculum at King's College London. And I don't think things wow. have changed a deal since then. Uh, I've been I've been a lecturer at a London based medical school for the last 10 years. So I'm aware of what's in the curriculum and what isn't. And the importance of clinical nutrition is well, it's just not there. Um, the the it's system. Outrageous. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. What we're paying them we're for? But we're turning out. Well, the the system is designed to do what it uh, what it does, and and this is what it is. So it, it it produces doctors who are able to recognize symptoms and then decide which drug will help with the symptom. It's so a symptom. Based, it's a symptom, based, <laughs> a symptom based. A symptom based. A health system where we're not interested in finding out why you're sick, but just how to get rid of your symptoms, and that, that it's it's flawed from the beginning. But this is how doctors are trained, and then uh, you know junior doctors, senior doctors. It, this is just one. It's like a dogma, like a religion. Uh, but the it's a problem is that you. It's a cult. The problem, the problem with cults uh, or any dogma is that you don't think that there's another way of looking at it. So anything alternative is is poo pooed. Well, so I, I would say I would say it like this. I, I would say it like this. They are pimps. It is a cult, and uh, they're doctors. No one cares. I was right, but the point is, a lot of them don't want. Imagine all of a sudden that you're cured of your cancer, of your mental illness, of your arthritis, colitis, Crohn's, diabetes, all the degenerative diseases. 
You don't need those medications anymore. You don't need their very expensive uh, t- uh, technology that goes and looks for things. Uh, their scans, you don't need that. So then you don't need the doctors. They're all out of their jobs. Johnny and Jane aren't in private school anymore and their missus has left them because she can't go to bridge club anymore. It's a cult and they want to keep it the way it is. There's very few that want to take this. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I know that you're not like that at all. That's why you're on here. Um, I know that. But I find it very, very sad that they will happily prescribe a drug which could cause that person to kill themselves. And if I, I have seen people that come to A&E that don't quite manage the hanging and they, they've attempted to hang themselves. Teenagers, I've seen. Uh, I've seen people that have killed themselves. It's horrific. But to know that the doctors are quite happy to continue the way they are, I, I find it appalling. Total pimps. So let, let's... Well, the- Go on. They, they don't have anything <laughs> else. In, they don't have anything else in their toolkit. Sorry, that, that's the problem. Doctors prescribe drugs, and I've had many patients say to me, "Well, I went to this doctor, and he said, well, I'm going to recommend this drug.'" And the patient said, "Well, I don't like the side effects. What else can I do?" And the doctor said, "Well, that's my job to prescribe drugs. It's this um, conditioning. A lot of doctors, they think they're actually doing their job, um, but it's actually a disservice ultimately." And I think more and more, especially over the last few years, more and more doctors are coming out of that dogma, that conditioning and trying to find more meaningful alternative ways that are actually really help health and encourage health. Doctors don't really know about health. They may know about illness and how to diagnose it, but they don't know how to, how to inculcate and how to enhance people's health, especially psychiatry. So, so this psychiatry. Is, yeah, this is incredible, though, because when you think about it, the public the public that lay the responsibility for their own health at their doctor's feet and idolize them. I sound terrible today, don't I? I'm I'm going for it big time today. Um, That's not what the public believe. The public believe that the doctors know about health and healing. They uh, They don't really think that they're just there to dole a pill out. So I think the public are being shortchanged, particularly when we are paying for the NHS so that once it's like, you know, a patient going and they go, you've got high cholesterol and they give them a, a, a a statin, which they know causes muscle weakness, causes your muscles to atrophy, but it also causes dementia because what is our brain at 60% of it is, is fat. It's only 2% of our body weight uses up 30%. Is it, of our calorie intake but also it requires it requires that fat that that pill is blocking but surely the doctors the doctors know this that when they start them on the statins and they keep them on it the likelihood of them getting dementia or let's talk about the flu shot one study if you take a flu shot for 10 years five flu shots you only need five in a 10-year period 96 percent chance of getting alzheimer's surely they know that Dr. Ajaz? No, because most doctors don't read research. They don't read the papers. They don't keep up to date. They're, they're service, they have, uh, they're service workers. You know, they work long hours. Uh, they don't have time to think. They're not trained to think. And no one cares what they think because they're in a system which is very hierarchical. Uh, and it's actually not the doctors that have the power anymore in the NHS. There's a whole layer of middle management. 
clinicians, non-clinicians, but the doctors are just there to put in the shift. And it, it's a travesty. Uh, and it's been like this for the last 30, 30 or so years since uh, I think Nigel Lawson, Conservative government kind of shifted the shifted the um, shifted the power towards managers and, and not doctors. And I'm not saying it would have been a better system if the doctors weren't in charge, but they're certainly not in charge at the moment. Uh, and that's for sure. Wow. Well, you're listening to me, Kate Shamarani, and we seem to be discussing the National Homicide Service brought to you TNT Radio Live back in two ticks of a lamb's tail. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The biggest weather news is what is about to happen in Europe. I saw another one of those pictures of Greta Thunberg protesting today. I guess today is like week 300 or something of the climate strike where kids are allowed to be truant and, uh, you know, to protest climate. But she was all bundled up and I was like, well, wait a minute, looks awfully cold over there. And uh, were there fossil fuels used in the making of those clothes that you have on? But I want to get serious about this. The fact that we are getting such a cold blast that is coming in and this was telegraphed with those big storms and the reason you see what's going on in the weather today is because all the weathermen start screaming and yelling about climate change instead of understanding the same thing happened in 2009 and they went into the deep freeze over there. But it's a serious situation. You know why? Well, first of all, the implications of that is that the United States is going to get very cold. Now, it's cold right now, but I'm talking about what could be really cold weather, severe cold, in the month of January. Because there's probably going to be a lot of snow in the United States during the month of December, especially after the 20th. So what we saw in 2009, 2010 was Europe got it in 2009 in December. And then the U.S. had their famous Snowmageddon. And that occurred later in January and February. It'd be a little bit earlier this year, probably, looking at the overall pattern. But think about this. You're going to get that grid in Europe tested now. And especially Germany. Germany looks like ground zero for the worst weather, the most snow, it's going to be a little bit colder relative to averages up where Greta lives. But Germany is going to be in bad shape here in the next 10 to 20 days. But again, then you have to worry about the rest of the winter. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to have some things push come to shove, so to speak, coming up here over the next couple of weeks. And in fact, the next couple of months, because unlike last winter, I don't think this is backing off this year. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bustardi. Asking you to enjoy the weather, it's the only weather you've got. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft, and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov slash asthma. TNT Radio. You're listening to Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I am Kate Shimarani, the natural nurse in a toxic world. And you can email me with your medical crimes in tyrannical times. Kate Shimarani at TNT Radio. Dot live, And we're discussing really uh, that no one cares if you say you're a doctor anymore. Uh, doctors have turned into pimps just doling out medication. They don't know about nutrition at all. 
And it really is the, the National Homicide Service. Those opinions are all my own, of course. Um, doctors don't, they don't read studies. Isn't that shocking? They don't know about health. They don't know about avoiding and reversing disease. I do. I study every single day. I learn something new every single day. And that's why I say all the time to those little troll nurses that come after me or doctors, I can do your job. Can you do mine? And the answer is absolutely no, you can't. And I make it a point of studying. Now, thank God I was diagnosed with cancer 12 years ago because it changed my life. And I declined chemo, radiotherapy, tamoxifenzolidex. And I'm alive and well and cancer-free today. Nearly 58. God, I can't believe it. Anyway, look, we're talking about myself and Dr. Jazz. What's going to make you get brain ill? Because you can't ask your doctor. We've just heard that. There's no point going to your doctor. I feel depressed. I feel sad. I feel this. If he says, here, take a pill and uh, eat better. You know, you want a list. You want to know what you can eat. And I can tell you right now, it's the first two aisles of the supermarket, ideally marked organic. Don't tell me you can't afford it if you've got a mobile phone and a nice car. Yes, you can. Uh, just cut back elsewhere. Wear two jogging suits, turn your heating down. But you've got to think about what you're putting in your body, flooding your body with nutrients. The brain needs them. You've got to think about limiting your toxins. And you might say, oh, I, I don't have toxins in my house. Well, yes, you do. Because if you're using laundry detergent uh, that's got an aroma to it, if that's going to affect your hormones and that's going to affect your brain, that very delicate chemical system. If you're using these awful plug-in air fresheners and these scented candles that I see on all these TikTok videos for these people that are doing house makeover, this, this is a gorgeous one, but honestly, that house is like a death trap. Your fabrics, your even your dry cleaning fluid, you've got to think about all these things. And it's like going, oh, I don't know how to live then. Everything's poisonous. Well, you just have to limit it and take one thing out at a time. Try and live a bit cleaner. Stop dousing yourself in perfume. Don't wear deodorant. It's got aluminium in it. You're rolling it under your pits where you've got big sweat glands and all your lymph nodes. Where's it going to end up? I hate to tell you, it's not a closed circuit to your brain. And your Wi-Fi, 2.45 to 5.8 gigahertz, opens your blood-brain barrier, as does low blood sugar, as does an infection with a high temperature. Ain't that right, Dr. Ajaz? Absolutely. All these things add a load, add a stress. And we all have a different threshold level. We can't tell but just by looking at someone what their threshold level is, but we all have one. And what I see my in my day-to-day -day clinic, is that people reaching that threshold. So some are younger, some are older, but everyone re reaches that. And then they end up trying to find solutions, trying to find help. And the more, I think that the key message is that you can take ownership over your health, you know, without doctors, you know, without the government telling you what to do. And we, we live in this world where we like to outsource everything, uh, you know, so we don't think about anything. And, and that's part of the conditioning in our education system. You know, it doesn't, doesn't inculcate individuality, excellence, um, free thinking, although that's the terminology that's used. And, and it's, really much, it's really the opposite to that. So what we have is we, we depend upon uh, uh, governments, authority systems, where actually the reality is you have the agency, you have the power to look after yourself with minimal interference from doctors, from government, and from any agency in your life. 
Uh, so part of it is is rewiring the way that we think about this. It's kind of taking a different perspective. That actually, I can do this because every everything else around me is telling me that I need them. I need the doctor. I need uh, I need the government to tell me what to do in a crisis. But, but no, absolutely. We so have- so we could we could so taking responsibility, get outside, do a brisk walk. Don't take the car when the supermarket's only down the road. Go down there three times in a week. Do three smaller shops. Take a backpack. So, but also for those who who can afford it, or who uh, you know live near it, hyperbaric chamber exponentially increases the oxygen into the brain and all the body, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of additional uh, therapeutics that we can use. Hyperbaric is is very very helpful for many people, especially if you've got a brain injury. And we're talking about blood flow. If you've got an injured brain through a car accident or a fall, or if you like to play rugby a lot, your brain's going to be injured. Um, so something like hyperbaric is helpful to get oxygen and to help heal and repair parts of the brain where you know, normal breathing can't. Um, but, but more fundamental than that, we know, we know we, and, and, and it's overwhelming looking at the studies that show us how nutrient deficient people are. So exercise is really important. That's one type of investment. But we're all deficient. Food is actually proven to be less nutritious than it was 30 years ago because of the way the soil is being kind of abused on the on the earth. Yeah, glyphosate. Glyphosate's robbing it of zinc and the brain massively needs zinc. Just just before we move on to food. Uh, one of the things I notice, you know, everyone's scrolling through, watching all these horrific images, what's happening all over the world that you have got no control over. And what it's doing is overstimulating the limbic system in the brain. And and then you, you see these these anxiety. And one of the things I always say is turn off the telly or don't have one. Uh, the idiot's lantern, I like to call it. Even the radio, I can't bear the garbage that comes out the radio, apart from TNT Live, of course. Um, I can't bear the garbage that spews out the radio, Heart FM, and all the other ones, because it every two minutes, uh, you know, they're telling you COVID or whatever else. But all of these things are just massively overstimulating part of our brains, aren't they? Yeah, the it's the the the, the fear. It's like a fear porn, uh, and this mm. is kind of constant need to see something sensational it's it's not only is it depleting our brains of of dopamine which is a really key uh chemical hormone that helps us focus to concentrate to apply ourselves to different tasks you know when we when we're scrolling away you know it's working on getting these kind of sensational hits there's more dopamine more dopamine but then you know we don't have an infinite supply that has a knock-on effect to that you you struggle to focus on other things when you're not having something so, so, like a like a video or uh, or an image just coming up like that, and it's a big problem. And you know, ADHD maybe it's a topic for another day, but you know, it's 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 off the charts um, because of the uh, way and, and living. also ADHD is classed as a terminal illness, and you can be euthanized. Canada has put ADHD on its list of the people that are having end of life care. So it's a real big problem that you're going to be on that chart of um, action T4. You know what I'm talking about there. But yeah, so how can we increase our dopamine? So so the, the, the first thing is to try and uh, feed your brain the right nutrients. So I think eating well is important. So we talk about eating well, making sure you're having good quality protein. Protein is important. 
Um, so like uh, like sort of uh, wild Alaskan salmon, we don't want it. We're not talking tuna and uh, swordfish because they're full of mercury, the carnivorous fish. Um, you don't want farmed salmon. Uh, so ideally organic turkey, chicken, yes. grass-fed beef, wild Alaskan yes, salmon. So, so, so salmon and also organic salmon is something that I recommend. Organic grass-fed uh, red meat is is something that I also recommend. These are kind of high in nutrients that we don't get anywhere else. We don't get from plants the nutrients that we get from meat. It's very important that we have a balanced diet in that way. But on top of that, I think everyone should be suppl supplementing with a good quality multivitamin. And in fact, that's my go-to treatment for many many mental illnesses, whether it's a depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's ADHD. And I see results across the board. When you're giving the brain what it needs, like it knows what to do. Yeah. It knows exactly what to do. And then you see the changes, but it's 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 being consistent with <clears throat> taking nutrients, changing your diet, exercising, sleeping well, seven to eight hours of good quality sleep each night. Uh, but part of part of getting good sleep and going back to what you're saying before about about the TV and 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 the, and the scrolling and looking at horrific things happening across the world is that you need to be able to relax and unwind and be able to calm yourself towards the end of the day, in order to have sleep that provides you regeneration. It provides you growth hormone, the deep sleep that we get, but we don't get that if we have. Um, uh, if we're if our nervous system is overactive still because we're looking at all this kind of fear. If we have a, a TV in our bedroom. So if you're an adult, a good book, good sex, it's going to get you into a really good deep sleep. Uh, well, it, yeah, most women will tell you that. The man's snoring before she's even managed to get up and go to the toilet. Um, but, yeah, definitely get the TVs out of the bedroom, get the kids off the PlayStations. And also um, – Using these electronic devices and giving them to children, it shuts down part of the brain, doesn't it? And if the brain's still developing till you're 25, that's catastrophic for our kids. Well, we've got a whole generation of kids with this kind of screen in front of them. And, and we don't know what that's doing, do, do we? We've not had a generation before where you're two years old and you've been plonked this in front of your pram uh, just to kind of shut you up. And this is your life, or you've got people taking your parents taking photos and putting them on social media. Like you've got something constantly in your face like this. We don't know how it's going to affect the brain. It's not happened before. What we do know is it's not going to be anything good. Absolutely. So talking about, you know, we've covered, you know, hormones. If you're eating a clean diet, I, I menopaused uh, 48 years old and I've not had a single symptom of menopause. None of them. You can go through them all from hair loss to lethargy to dry vagina, low sex. You can go through them all. I haven't got any of them. I'm just a catch. Let me tell you. So, fellas, I'm just telling you, you know, just in case you want to drop me a postcard, all offers will be looked at if they're genuine. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yeah, you know, your hormones will be good if you're eating. And also don't forget your what you're drinking. If you're drinking tap water with fluoride, chlorine, bromine in it, it's going to push the thyroid iodine right out of there, which is then going to drop your, your thyroid, don't forget, as well. It's very important. But also alcohol. We don't want to see lots of alcohol because uh, I, I remember, was it Korsakoff psychosis where you literally pickle your brain and go mad? But people are drinking more and more, aren't they? It's very socially acceptable to be, you know, necking half a bottle of wine every night. 
yeah, we leave we lead far more stressful lives. Partly because of the technology, we're always connected to something, and it's not nine to five anymore. People are always on the go, and in order to relax or to cope with the stresses, so technology is amazing, but also adds this whole layer of additional stress, and it's much easier to to have a drink every night to calm yourself down than to um, you know to take a break from watching, uh, scrolling, or to go and you know, do some exercise or go to the gym. Uh, it's it's becoming a big problem, and we know that one drink, just one drink a day, it changes the brain. Uh, it shrinks the brain. Al- There's no benefit in alcohol, in my view. It's a poison. It's a poison. It's a poison. It's a toxic. toxic. Brain. It's a toxin. So there's a direct toxic effects on the brain, but also the body needs to uh, detoxify it through the liver. So you're just adding an extra load. And if you're very stressful life, that's going to affect your gut microbiome. It's going to cause inflammation, give you uh, a leaky gut. Uh, The gut brain axis is so fundamental. And health is linked. The brain is linked to the rest of the body. And, And this is what psychiatry misses. It just doesn't understand or doesn't want to understand that the brain doesn't work in isolation. Not only do they have a poor understanding of the brain, have a poor understanding of how the brain links to the rest of the body. Absolutely. So let me wrap that up, folks. The life is in the blood and in the in the first third of your intestine is where the nutrients are extracted and go into your bloodstream. So you need to be eating a nutrient dense diet. Think about taking some uh I'll, I'll i'll list it up i'll get it up for the next show some supplements that are known to be good for the brain think about your zinc zinc rich foods pumpkin seeds nuts and also think about real foods potatoes you, you really shouldn't be eating loads and loads of pasta and bread because it's hybridized wheat and it increases the inflammation that Dr. Ajaz has just mentioned in the gut. And if you've got a low functioning thyroid, you're going to have low stomach acid. So you're not going to be able to extract your nutrients a fabulous way to bring it up, provided you've not got ulceration in your esophagus. And if you have, you can take slippery elm bark at night, just throwing that in. You could be taking 10, 15 mils of raw apple cider vinegar in a 200 ml glass of water just before you eat your food or 10 minutes before to bring that stomach acid up. Drink lots of peppermint tea, get out the habit. Also that habitual thing of drinking. If it's it's because you're hanging out with your mates, then have a wine glass with sparkling water in it. Have a slice of lemon in it or a slice of lime. When you talk about sleep, Dr. Jazz, I know you mean getting to sleep before midnight because of that petrucci blackout curtains. Get the LED lights out of your room. They make your blood sticky. And what's the biggest culprit for everything? Sugar. You've got to cut it out, haven't you, Dr. Jazz? You've got to get rid of sugar from your diet. Yes. Yeah, anyway, you've been... Horrendous. It is. It's it's more addictive than crack cocaine. You've been listening to me, Kate Shamaroni, on TNT Radio Live with Dr. Ali and Jazz. You can email me. I do private consults. My website's going up soon. I like to promote myself. Girls has got to eat. And I will see you all next week. I will get Dr. Jazz back on because we want to talk about ADHD. Have a fabulous, fabulous Sunday and Christmas is coming soon.